Hey everyone, I'm Halis Beast, a digital storyteller and video producer. And I'm Mr. Halis, I'm a registered nurse, and I think peanut butter and apple is an underrated combo. And this is the Beast Cast, your favorite aunt and uncle talking about married life and things like such as... Roll the music! You know what I'm thinking about doing, actually? Hmm. I was thinking about working with Belief to get a new theme song for the Beastcast. Hmm. Yeah. And seeing if he would drop some bars for the Beastcast. I did talk to him about that. I should follow up on that. Belief, I'm going to follow up with you on that. And by the time this episode comes out, we'll probably be deep into March, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, day late and a dollar short or whatever. But we wanted to talk about what our, this isn't our goal for the year, but it's just like like a theme. The theme. Yeah, that worked out. A theme that we're trying to keep top of mind for 2019. Um, and it coincides with, I think, our professional lives as well as our personal lives in regards to this relationship and just how we approach business relationships, just all the relationships. Mm. And the theme is communication, which seems so trivial, right? Like, duh, you need to communicate. But it feels so topical. I know me and me, myself, business-wise, I've had a few instances already where it's just like, if people had just communicated, this wouldn't have happened. So, Mm. you know, that'd be cool if everyone just communicated effectively. So, you know, I think the communication that you and I have personally, um, I think it, it's gotten better. We were working things out as again, alluding to an earlier podcast, you were right. We're coming out of 2018. We're like re we are not like we are figuring things out again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so part of that is communication part of that is communicating with each other both as friend and lover and spouse each one of those legs of the table of our relationship um yeah you need to there's a different screwdriver for each one the screwdriver is communication i make terrible similes i'm sorry um but yeah i mean there's different screws for each table and so the words that you would use for one is not necessarily the words that you would use for another. Yeah. You can't assume anything. That's what I'm noticing with communicating to people. You can't assume that people just know everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, not everyone needs to be privy to everything either. I'm struggling through finding the, like, the balance in the communication. Like, do, does this person actually need to know that? in order for them to make an informed decision on me or an informed decision on a situation. Yeah, because part of the miscommunic part of a miscommunication can be that again, there is a lack of education. Yeah. So that person just didn't know what was expected of them. Right. And actually that's that's what stemmed out of a lot of the conflict in our in our like the relationship between you and I. 
in the relationship between you and I. Can we just talk about how hard it is <laughs> to not say like? Yeah. In this generation or of like as a millennial. It's not it has nothing to do with millennialness. It's just a filler word for you to for your thoughts to catch up with your words. That's all it is. It has nothing it used to be it's like for us, it's um for other people and furthermore to that end from the elizabethan era like everyone has a phrase it's just for us it's like sometimes i have a simile so it it's correct for me to use like Uh but i'm still hearing it and i i've i've heard it in previous podcasts and it bothers me yeah um ooh, so that's perfect communication (laughs) i do not want to communicate in that way ah okay Um, in order, so I'm trying to keep communication top of mind for 2019, mm. which means I have written it everywhere. Sir, I have two things for 2019, actually. It's service and communication. Service? Be, yeah, be in service to people and then communicate effectively. Oh, man, those are really good ones. Yeah. So for me, it's about how is my, how is what I'm doing being of service to others, whether that be a client how am I serve, serving that client with my skill set and video, whatever? And then I feel like communication ties into that because if I'm not communicating with them effectively, then I'm not serving them. Professionally, when I talk to my peers at the office, it works pretty well. Talking to somebody who supposedly or traditionally has a higher status than me because of their job title, that's a little bit more difficult. And I think that stems from a lot of times I try to talk a little bit faster because I find that when I'm talking to people, they tune out if I don't get to the to the point quickly. Mm. So I don't know if that's unique to me when I am potentially addressing a superior or somebody who has more power than me at work. Um, I am making a conscious effort to think that I do not care about what they think or I'm, I'm trying to... to to work myself up into a fight. Clearly, I've never gotten into a fight, but I just rile myself up like that <laughs> Okay. in tense situations. But I do the same thing when I know that I'm going to come into a situation of confrontation. Uh, so I just start building myself up and thinking that they're going to be argumentative. Sometimes I don't do a good job about that, and then I get very passive. But I'm trying to build myself up and say, well, I don't care if you're going to get confrontational. Because I'm already confrontational. So you can do that and meet me and then we can both be, and then I'm I'm meeting you at the level. Mm-hmm. Like you're reaching me as opposed to me reaching you. Oh, okay. Um, so it's kind of like shifting. That's 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 fine. So it's, it's kind <laughs> of like shifting the power. <laughs> See? Why do you want to be confrontational though? Is that so you don't take too much of a passive stance and just don't care? Or, because to me that sounds like something that would be not helpful at work. Hey everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening slash watching this Beastcast. Um, if you're new here, there's a few things you can do. First off, like, share, and subscribe because that helps everyone out. On any medium, whether yes. this is Anchor or wherever you get your favorite podcast or YouTube. Yeah. Liking, sharing, follow slash subscribing helps reviewing reviewing it all helps so please do it if you're watching here specifically on youtube hi 
let the ads play, please. That really does help us out a lot. But we understand if you need to skip it because we just, we understand. The other thing. Times are tough. Times are tough. The other thing, if you want to take it a step further, become a supporter of this channel and the BeastCast on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Halise. We have so many new Patreon Woo! producers. So many new ones. We're going to name them. We're going to name them. Do it. Okay. Rahim and Jacinda. I hope I said your name right. Welcome. Or Hasinda. Abdul. Oh, or it could. Yeah, it could be Hasinda. Hasinda. Welcome. Let us know. <laughs> um, Amina, welcome. Welcome. Is pretty faithful. That's her screen name. So I'm assuming it's a woman. Welcome. Hi. And Isidro Chilo Juarez. Chilo, what's up? Welcome. Thanks. Just to give you all a sense of what your dollars are going to, one is coffee, coffee. that I need <laughs> to be coherent in these podcasts. If he doesn't have the coffee, he's like not talking. I'm like, dude, this is not a good episode. Yeah, we figured that out early on. <laughs> Very um, quickly. Those were dark, dark days. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we're also uh, hoping to get some sort of mic stand situation. I keep forgetting that this is ultimately what we're trying to get to. Yes. Um, it is a little uncomfortable, and I have to, like, <laughs> hunch my shoulders to talk to this thing. I've had to lift it up on this little pro tripod, but um, there are mic stands. People have invented this <laughs> where I could lean back in my chair, and it could still be in front of my face. Or we could be sitting on a couch. <laughs> Y'all, like, on a couch talking about things. Comfortable on our comfy Ikea couch. Not a sponsor. Um, that could be our existence. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's only possible through donations by you Patreon producers. And we really appreciate it. Yes. Just, for the rest of you that aren't producers, I mean, we're just happy that you're here and watching yeah. and listening. Thank you. Yes, if you go to our Patreon, you'll see that we're halfway to our goal. Uh, and yeah, if we hit the goal, then we'll have the funds to buy better microphones. So that way we can sit on a couch if we want to. I mean, just imagine, just just picture it. Picture this, this mind picture, just leaning back on a couch, talking about, or not even talking, just listening to your significant other rip apart <laughs> things that they find annoying about you just imagine that in your head but like the couch is is holding you and caressing you and there's it's almost as if it's saying it's gonna be okay i accept your imperfections and yes you can fart into me and that's okay <laughs> anyway, anyway thank you for being here yeah thank you for supporting this channel and the beast cast we really appreciate it now, if, what oh i was just gonna mention the merch too since ah, I'm it's, the too much. it's too um, much. <laughs> There's merch. There you There's go. There's merch if you want it. There's right. a link somewhere. Yeah, but. okay. <laughs> Back to the podcast. <laughs> Moo. Why do you want to be confrontational, though? Is that so you don't take too much of a passive stance and just don't care? Because to me, that sounds like something that would be not helpful at work. I mean, this is my general feeling of like when I'm dealing with other people. I know that they're going to be, I, it's, it's, it's like a borderline fight. It's a fight of words. Then I'm, I just don't want to be caught off guard because when I caught up, when I get caught off guard, I flinch. Yeah. That's how I react to things. And so I know that somebody who is in a higher position of power, let's say someone calls me out for 
oh, well, you didn't have this and this done. It's like, yeah, I can't because there's not enough time and you're asking too much and you're expecting too much of things that happen. Mm. And they say, oh, it's like, yeah. Whereas if I'm not in that mindset, like I'm just trying to, to psych trying myself to, up. Yeah, you're trying to go through all the possible responses someone could have so you're ready with your counter. I'm just trying to get back into that mindset that I had when I was in high school. It's part of that feeling of being fearless and feeling like you're invincible when you're really not. Um, where in debate you would, you know, obviously you're there for both of you to argue. Like it's going to get heated, there's going to be friction, but that's that's the point of being there, right? Now when, when doctors say something, then I have to respect what they say. And it's like, you, I don't care. Like, I just don't care. So, is it, but is it that you don't care or is it that it's not relevant? No. So, I, I should not care if somebody, because, okay. So, before when I was in debate, someone throws a counter argument at you, you expect it because that's yeah. the setting that we're in. Right. But if I'm in a meeting or if I'm at day to day at work, someone offers a counter argument or a criticism or a critique or whatever of what I'm doing. I want to just know that that's always going to happen. Yeah. And so I'm just always expecting a punch because there will always be a punch at work. And that's just the way that it is when you're leader slash management adjacent like I am on up. Yeah. So specifically, this is with doctors because doctors have opinions about everything. Sometimes <laughs> they're right. Sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um. And so when somebody just offers a counter argument or, and it's a, it's a strongly worded opinion that is under the guise of fact, when I know darn well what the facts actually are, because I'm in the weeds of it. Right. So I just don't want to back down when they say something and say, okay, well, what you just did was you were a human telling you words. You are, not, you are not armed with anything other than what I have. So, like, we are both armed with the same thing. Except yours is opinion based on quasi-facts, and mine is opinion based on actual facts. So, ah. I just want to disarm them in what they say. Yeah. Are you going to do, like, are you going to listen to me? Am I going to be able to get a word in edgewise? Because I don't have to stand here. Mm, okay. But I, I want to be able, I want to feel empowered to say, am, are you going to take what I'm, what I'm doing? Are you going to listen? Then I'm going to leave and then actually leave. Cause that's what Chris in high school would have done. It's kind of like brazen and brash and a little bit stupid, but it's not disrespectful because you're disrespecting me right now by taking away my words. Yeah. So I guess I think that's where I am professionally. Because I'm trying to get my leadership to see that there's problems. I think I just want to take charge of my own voice at work again. Whether it's with a doctor or higher up or people who are questioning or people at just in any, in any aspect of work. I just want to take charge of my voice and say yes or no or I can do this, I can't do this. Um... 
I won't do this and not mm. be afraid to say, and just not be afraid to say things. You know, for me, I've had these moments where because of what I'm doing, I can already see just logistically this is the right outcome, right? Mm. But everything, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, is open to discussion because it has to be because I'm not ultimately the decision maker in that process. So I have to, and I feel like this is something I've had to do for most of my life, I have to wait for other people to catch up to the decision that is ultimately what I knew it would be. Which is typically the right decision. Right. And so that gets very frustrating. And so for me, what I've been experimenting with lately is how can I get to that right decision that is ultimately what's going to happen? How can I get to it faster? And is, are there ways that I can communicate more effectively mm. to get to it faster so we're not wasting so much time with the back and forth that ultimately then it's like, and now they got to the decision that I had already known. Like I, it's, it's weird. It's almost like I'm a computer running countless simulations of things. And I already, in an instance, I see an issue. I run through the simulations and I see, oh, the most reasonable track is this one. This is the one that yeah, we're going to have to sacrifice X, Y, and Z, but in that sacrifice, we'll gain A, B, C, D, and E, and then a little bit of 5, 7, and 20, you know? So we gain the most and lose the least with this one, so let's just go with this one. But then I have to wait for others to get to that too, and they take longer, and I'm just kind of doing that while I'm waiting for them to get to it. Yeah, for me, communication is about how can I communicate more effectively to just get there so we're not wasting time. I don't know if that episode of the Late Night Beastcast episode will actually air. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know if that one will air, but I, I made the analogy in that episode that you're a grand, you're like a chess grandmaster. There's a lot of chess analogies here, but yeah, a little bit. Well, I mean, it makes it makes more sense in this instance than when I used it earlier um, in this podcast. But you've already thought you knew you've not only thought about the end of this game that we're playing right now, but you've you're thinking about the moves that you're going to make in games two and three against your already predetermined opponents. Right. Yeah. And so then when your current opponent moves their pawn like one space. Yeah. And it's still move three of the game. Yeah. And you do a heavy sigh and you're, oh man, I mean. And she sighed deeply in her spirit. In her spirit. <laughs> but that's the level of frustration that you have. And that's also the level, I feel like that's also what stems from the miscommunications in the relationship. Because yeah. you've come to the conclusion in your head when you're digesting it. But I have to parse out how we're going to get there. Oh. Like that's still that's still yet to be determined. You've gotten to the end point. Now you have to drag me to the end point, <laughs> but we don't have the ladders in place to get there, and so together we make the ladders to get there. Oh. So I think you still do that in the relationship. Um and that's where and that's where some of the friction ends up. Yeah, I like foreshadowed like, oh, when we move into this apartment, we're going to go through another phase of difficulty. Mm -hmm. And you were like, nah. I was like, yes, we are. And sure enough. Yeah. 
here we are. And yeah, now we're building ladders, as you say, and getting to whatever the new normal is supposed to be. So, and a lot of that has to do with just communicating again. Um, I mean, you just dived into your whole work life in a way that we've had so many conversations about your job and you have never talked about it in that way. That definitely <laughs> helps me to understand your frame of mind a lot better. Thinking back to our last big argument mm -hmm. that night, the other night, mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about? Mm, there's, there were several, but okay. Where I ended up crying in the bathroom. Oh, right. And why you were feeling a certain type of oh, way. Oh, yes. That you, you could just helps. You could just straight up say it. Like, I feel like, okay, I am keep saying like, but I felt like the physician emasculated me. There you see, there you because go. Because he berated me in front of like a whole bunch of people in this work setting. Yeah. And so I did not realize that because you did not communicate that to me. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening? Yeah. I mean, expectations were not met and things, things happened. There you go. Um, you saying this, though, because so, to me, what I'm hearing when you're talking about how you want to communicate moving forward, it sounds like you are at war constantly, which for me, as your wife, sounds terrible and makes me again lean towards you need a been done left. This is the environment that I go to work in. Right. Right. Yeah. But it's prepping me. Because if I can get, this is the environment that I get in when I am outside of the house, outside of our home, outside of the apartment. Mm -hmm. So when I come back from that war zone or from that like conflict zone, I just want to relax, right? And that's why I value staying here because this is the this is a reprieve or the retreat, right? So. That's just the nature of things. But if I do, which I do want to, end up going to work for you and then needing to manage people, I want to be in that mindset where I can put on that hat and tell people, no, that's not going to happen. When there was a negotiation for goods and services and someone came back with a number for you and I was already in a militant mindset, I said, no, that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, You need to go back in a... Not a forceful way, but in an empowering way. Yes. And say, reevaluate and build the case, a better case, as to why you are asking for that number. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you were successful in that endeavor. And I felt really good because I was able to coach you. And so I'm, I'm, I want to move into that where I'm managing things. Yeah. That way you can go on the back end and be creative and be Which is what I want to productive. do anyway. Right. Yeah. So you need the body that can take the blows from that. And that's fine. But there needs to be a separation. If I'm doing this for work, I can do it at work. Yeah. But if I'm at home, then it needs to be... Like my guard is down with you. Like I, I don't have... There's not armor on when I'm talking to you at home. So I am, when we talk, I'm in a very vulnerable state and that comes off in, in the body language that I have and that comes off in the, in the words that I use. Um, but if I'm, if I'm going to war for you, I am down with that. So I just keep thinking about these experiences that I'm having as building me up. So I want to take on as many of these experiences that I can. That way when I do eventually come up and work for you, then I am in a hardened state 
strategy. If you're new to fighting, you're automatically going to go into a fight or flight situation as soon as you get in to the arena of, of fighting, right? Um, and so you're making irrational decisions. You're relying on that primitive brain um, in that setting. And you're very, um, you know, it's survival of the fittest, right? Yeah. Uh, whereas if you're used to that environment, you don't automatically get the rush of stress hormones, uh, the adrenaline and all that when you get into that setting because you've been in there so often that you think rationally in that decision. And so you don't make stupid or very rapid fire decisions. It's, it goes more to the front of the brain, which is rational. That's interesting. You bring up that point of like being, being ready to go into confrontation. And that's something that I think that professionally, I'm still, I've, I'm beginning to be uncomfortable or I'm beginning to be comfortable with the level of discomfort that you kind of have to have to go into those conversations of it's okay for there to be a level of friction mm -hmm. with a client or with um, people you're collaborating with or whatever. That doesn't mean that neither of you like don't respect each other or anything like that. It just means that there's friction. That's it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's through, it's oftentimes because of the friction and the confrontation that you actually do communicate effectively in what you're trying to get done, right? Because then you both understand where the other one's coming from. Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's where the beginnings of the compromise begin to happen. And so that's something that I'm constantly trying to just keep in mind of just, just because you're having, not everyone has to like you that you're working with. They just all have to respect you. That's it. You know? And that's, if you, st it's like when you be finally like internalize that, that shifts how you just go into any conversation with people, at least in a professional realm. Um, I don't know if that, I don't know if that really translates to a personal relationship because your spouse should like you, I think. <laughs> But at the same time, there does have to be, at times, a certain level of friction so you can finally both see. Like, that's actually a good point. There's been so many times where I've been upset with you and it's taken to the point of me having a very outright burst mm -hmm. of anger to Visceral you. Visceral reaction to it, right? For you to finally be, for you to finally be sensitive to, enough to understand that it really does bother me. Mm -hmm. And then what's my, my response usually back is, why did I have to get this angry for you to respond though, or for you to not do that anymore, or for you to shift or fix it or whatever. But the older I get now, the more I'm realizing it's, that's just the nature of the human existence though. It has to kind of, things have to kind of get to a frictional spot. I remember for the longest time we would have arguments and I would not end up talking to you in person. I think I would usually send you an email. Yeah, you would. Because I can write an amazing email. Mm -hmm. I can get my feelings across in a very poignant way without being disrespectful <laughs> in an email. <laughs> but doing that on the cuff in person is very difficult for me and I think for people in general. So if there's any tangible thing, action item, I would say is know the different avenues that you can communicate with people you know you don't have to say things to people's face if you know the best way you can be respectful to someone and still contribute and get to the point of the friction is to send an email then psh, 
I'm gonna send you an email. Mm. You know. Yeah, and I'd rather I'd rather have that than not. Oh, then just nothing at all. Yeah, just then brooding you're not, in a corner. <laughs> well, then you're just not communicating at all. Ah, uh, yeah. Because there's such a long, and maybe that's just the situation that I'm in. Because there's such a long period of you not talking, and again, you retreating into yourself until you say the email. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm just thankful that you are willing to communicate at all. I guess speak plainly and with purpose, um, and don't let others give you your voice. Have ownership of it. And on that note, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.